everyone. Thank you so much for coming over to listen today. I'm Sue Van Rees, nutritional therapist, food psychology specialist, author, and founder of Boulder Nutrition here in Boulder, Colorado. For the next few weeks, I'll be hosting a very special edition of the podcast called The Soul Food Sessions. The Soul Food Sessions are bite-sized morsels of wisdom from our guest teachers, little tasters here and there from me, and some sweet shares from my past participants of my online program, The Yoga of Eating, a six-month course and community to heal your relationship to food and your body. Registration is now open. Over the next few weeks, you will get mini appetizer plates to sample through the soul food sessions. We have amazing content coming for you. And if you like these little tasters and teachings, I guarantee that you are going to love the Yoga of Eating online course and community. The Yoga of Eating begins this January. This is my most complete body of work combining nutritional therapy, food psychology, yoga, meditation, embodiment practices, recipes, resources, and our wonderful group of online guest teachers. You can find out more at theyogaofeating.com. I could not be more excited to share with you this very special edition of Satiate, and I am also incredibly grateful to be offering you some of the most potent wisdom from experts all over the country. So pour yourself a cup of something wintry and warming, settle into your favorite spot, and enjoy this soul food session. Welcome back to the soul food sessions. It's been a couple of years since I have sent out this mini-series and we have some brand new episodes for you this year. So stay tuned as I'll be sending them out over the next couple of weeks. I'm just back from a wonderful week in Costa Rica and we have new dates for 2021 coming soon. And I was able to connect with many amazing women who joined our women's wellness and yoga retreat, Eat, Breathe, Nourish. I'm so inspired that I wanted to share with you one of my personal highlights that came to me while I was away. As I savored each solo morning beach walk, and there were many, on my very favorite beach, my feet splashing in the shallow tide pools, exuberant beach dogs chasing each other in the morning sun, and then off in the distance, my retreat gals giggling as they boogie boarded the no, no sorrow waves that are so gentle and fun to play in. I had plenty of time to ponder what I wanted to focus on this year. With each new year brings an opportunity for us to respond consciously to life, to where we put our focus, where we put our energy and our resources. This was also a chance for me to check in with myself as I wanted to craft some new intentions and contemplate what I want to add in to feel more aligned with my life and my heart. What came to me was to focus on living more authentically, both in my personal life and in my work. As many of you know, 
over the years, we have the opportunity to really step into our confidence and to ourselves more fully. And for me, I decided to be unabashedly myself in everything I do. A big yes grew more and more each day with each walk and with it a lot of excitement for, for the year ahead. As we sit in the dawn of 2020, I'm curious what steps you're called to make to feel more courageous and more true to yourself this year in both your life and your health. So in celebration of the Yoga of Eating, my flagship program, opening for registration, I wanted to share this very first podcast episode from the mini-series, The Soul Food Sessions. And yes, The Soul Food Sessions are back with many new episodes added, and I'm super excited to share them with you. For me, this time of year, the new year, the winter time, is a beckoning to nourish myself, tend to myself, and to turn inward. Following the currents of nature has always been one of my most supportive guidance systems. The seasons and the cyclical rhythms help me in governing how to move through my life, my eating, my daily practice, and nothing feels more wise, whole, and informative to me. Shifting our relationship to food and our bodies is a windy road, very complex. One where we can find ourselves a little bit lost with no cell phone reception. There were many times in my life where I was very confused about my eating. One that stands out was right around 2001. Ironically, I was immersed in my master's program studying nutrition, which is a very typical time to get confused. The majority of my studies took place during what I referred to as my nap time empire, back in the days when my kids' naps still existed in my house. And I remember a very specific moment while sitting at my desk. Ari was tucked away for an afternoon nap, about one and a half years old, Elijah down the street at preschool, and I eagerly leafed through yet another nutrition book on my required reading list, noticing that this very book contradicted the previous one. After sitting in this new confusion for a while, thinking to myself, which one am I going to pick? Or what will I eventually suggest to my soon-to-be clients? Or how do I stand by one way when there are so many? Weeks passed while I was stuck on this crux, and at the time it meant everything to me. Eventually a truth struck me, and I had like one of those grand aha moments. I don't have to choose. Everyone has their own needs and wants and desires, and there is no one way. My job is to support folks to find their way. And I know it may sound oversimplified now, and I will admit those were some very sleep-deprived days for me, but today I continually see this epidemic happening all around me. I sit in my office day after day with folks who are utterly confused. Why does eating have to be so complicated? Such a primal action that we go through multiple times a day and yet we are so confused as a culture when it comes to eating. 
Sometimes we have it down and we find a way that works for ourselves, our body, our belief systems, and sometimes we really struggle. Eating and nourishing ourselves has become one of the most complicated and confusing things we do in today's world, especially when we add in our busy, fast-paced lifestyles. And the one way is the way approach that so much of modern media is implying. Often we are left with guilt or hunger or exhaustion or just plain hopelessness. I am sure if you're like most of us, you've tried a few different things in your foodie life, as have I. So today I thought we could shed some light on things that I find to be helpful in this conversation. A glance of some of the realizations I've had along the way through my own insights, but also through observing hundreds of eaters with every kind of history under the sun in my private practice, Boulder Nutrition. These are simply touchstones or reminders that set the table for our personal artistry of living and eating, a soulful and pleasurable life with our authenticity forging a new path. Implementing authentic eating as a practice is a healing tool for our health, for our body image, and for our pleasure possibilities. Living this way is going to look very different for each of us as we are each totally unique and individuated in our expression of authenticity in our lives and in our eating. There's no exact formula for this expression, but rather a gentle honoring of how it manifests and how it is embodied in each of us. We may have to clear some old cultural and social beliefs about how we think we should be so that we can make space for how we truly are with our authenticity and primal wisdom leading the way. Over time, we can soothe and remedy our lives. We can bring balance back to our eating and our self-care. As we become more authentic in our eating, our renewed relationship to food and our bodies will cultivate a higher level of awareness. We will begin to trust our wise cravings and make choices that are strengthening, comforting, and health-promoting. We don't have to pick one eating style or commit to one way. We can flow and groove and evolve our eating to match the other aspects of our lives. Our eating can become fluid, freeing, and attuned with our bodies, minds, and souls. As I mentioned, we all have to find our way. And I can only truly speak from my own personal experience on this one, even though I've heard many, many testimonials from my clients and my online community. So when we talk about how this has worked for me, it feels like it is not even a choice at this point. My emotions surely play a big role in my appetite. My blood sugar screams so loudly when not attended to. My hormones have some pretty specific requests and my creativity and inspiration in creating food, eating food, sharing food, and teaching about food are constantly being downloaded on a daily basis. So when I sit and break down how to practice authentic eating step by step, here's what comes. So I'll start with a little breakdown. The touchstones that can guide us towards more authentic eating and more authentic living. The first touchstone 
is creating a mind-body connection. We have to find a method to support mind-body connection. It's one of the most amazing and valuable tools we have that we can hone as eaters and as people. Building this connection is a healing tool for both our body confidence and our creating a deeper connection to our bodily cues. One of our special guests in an upcoming soul food session will speak so much more specifically about this exact topic. Our mind-body connection increases both our sensitivity to sensorial experiences in the body as well as the perception of these signals. There are so many ways to fine-tune our mind-body connections. Here are a few of my favorites. Incorporating downtime for reflection and rest each day. Spending time in nature each week. Practicing an awareness embodiment practice such as yoga or meditation, reflective journaling or forest bathing. Creating a consistent morning ritual, an intention practice or gratitude practice, even if you only have a few minutes. Touchstone number two. We need to practice honoring our physical hunger. There's a big difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Our emotions don't have a stomach, so they can never truly be hungry or truly be satiated. When we take a moment to check in with our body's physical hunger cues, we often get a much more authentic answer. But this just takes a little bit of practice. We need to stop, we need to pause, we need to take a deep breath, and we need to ask ourselves the question, what are you hungry for? If the answer has nothing to do with food, give yourself permission to listen. Sometimes we think we're hungry when we're really thirsty. Sometimes we think we're hungry when we're overwhelmed or bored or stressed out. All we might need is a hug or a cry or a bath or a nap. Touchstone number three. We have to slow down and learn what feeling satiated looks like and feels like. Feeling full and feeling satiated are very different things. In fact, the most common reason for overeating or eating with a sense of not feeling like we're in our conscious selves, in our aware selves, is due to not being satiated. When we are eating out of balance for our unique bodies and our unique metabolisms, it's very hard to feel satiated. Satiation occurs when we're meeting our physical needs for all of our macronutrients, as well as taking the time and space to eat slowly and mindfully and enjoying the pleasure of our food. One recent study, for example, showed that when eating in front of the TV, humans are known to eat up to 50% more food. We just simply can't navigate our hunger and satiation cues when we're very distracted or rushed or not feeling in our bodies. Often the satiation we feel in our lives is reflected in our eating. The more inspired and creative and in tune with ourselves we are, the more easeful our relationship with food becomes. Touchstone number four. We have to respect our bodies, and that is not an easy task. 
especially if we're used to punishing ourselves or rewarding ourselves or both with food. We tell ourselves we deserve it, when in reality, the act of binging on potato chips leaves us feeling worse than when we started. We find ourselves eating our emotions or stuffing our feelings with food or numbing ourselves and, we, and then suffering through the process. Respecting our bodies with our eating involves feeding ourselves in a way that leaves us energized, uplifted, inspired, and loved. Touchstone number five. We can tap into the cycles of nature, which act as a wonderful backdrop for our eating. Each season fresh with its own customized goodies and flavors and energies. Within the seasons, nature goes through everything on the spectrum from full bloom to death and decay. And these are the pulsations of life. According to traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, each season comes with a unique energetic quality, nourishment, complementary organ, emotion, and action. Synchronizing with each season's expression is like medicine for the body, mind, and soul. Your authenticity lies in your primal animal being, which is and always has been your truest nature. And finally, touchstone number six. The practice to get ourselves closer to authentic eating comes from an approach that I like to call the way out is always in. Taking inventory and care of our inner selves, our inner landscape, rather than avoiding a situation or a feeling or a truth, which often turns into acting out in our eating, but rather allowing space and time and the reality of a situation to move through us completely. The uncomfortable feelings eventually pass. Strong feelings are intimidating and even scary, but they also have a habit of sticking around until we face them. We are a culture that looks outside of ourselves for the answer. And while I'm a firm believer in getting the support I need, I have also found that even asking two friends or therapists or sisters for the same advice can lead us to two very different suggestions or even opposites. Include in this equation asking yourself for advice. You know the answers and only you know what's best for you and what aligns with you. As one of my retreaters mentioned to me a couple of years ago, she said, it's sad to recognize that most of us feel pretty inadequate much of the time. There are so many demands that just pile up and up and up. It's quite easy to feel overwhelmed and lost. The thing that really hit me during a lot of our workshops and sessions was that we're all dealing with the same deep burden in different ways. For some of us, it's eating disorders. For others, it's overworking to the point of depression and exhaustion. Some of us might be able to function in the day-to-day -day just fine, but there is a lingering feeling that something is missing. Taking a deeper look at our authentic feelings and how they relate to our eating patterns is totally eye-opening. We might choose to stuff ourselves with food due to a struggle with communication, 
by using our mouths to push everything down instead of getting our feelings out. We may use food as a shield to hide from the world under extra weight. We may crave certain types of food for comfort or distraction because we don't know how to sit with an uncomfortable emotion. This is great news that acknowledging these unhealthy habits can be the first step to turning them around. Being in a group of women sharing their hearts like this really makes me realize that I'm not alone, that we all have our challenges and struggles. We all have our issues, and it's how we decide to handle them that matters. Giving yourself the gift of authentic eating and authentic living is a practice that can change your experience from the inside out. I hope these touchstones help you today to embody yourself, your eating and your health like never before. Thank you so much for coming over to listen to this very special edition of Satiate, the Soul Food Sessions. These podcasts are designed to give you little tasters and appetizers of the upcoming Yoga of Eating online course and community, which begins at the end of January. Registration is currently open. You can access all of the details for registration and more about our dynamic group of guest teachers and all the different aspects of the program including nutritional therapy, food psychology, yoga, meditation, reflective resources, and nourishing recipes by going over to theyogaofeating.com. I would love to welcome you into this year's brilliant circle of women, and I'm excited to dive in with each of you in the inner world of making a lasting change in our relationship to food and body. This is definitely my most complete and passionate body of work and has supported thousands of women around the world in making a lasting change and creating more health and happiness in their lives. I look forward to seeing you for the next Soul Food session coming your way soon. And until then, take care.